0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of, what are we? Let's commiserate. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Let's commiserate over my short memory. I'm Sam. And I'm Dave. Are you? Welcome back. Okay. We're happy to have you. Um, In our last episode, we talked about Ahsoka episode one. So go figure, in this episode, we're going to talk about episode Uh, two. Oh, I thought it was going to be episode four. But Uh, I guess we'll talk about episode two. Might as well, uh, yeah. Where did we leave off? Um, I think we had a very nice exposition originally, all about uh, Dave Filoni's vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I kind of want to touch on this again. Is that I, like growing up, I had my own little Star Wars Lego sets, and I used to play with them. I used to play so much hooky from school; like it was, it was bad. I almost dropped out of high school, but I loved my Legos so much.
1: Yes. So many things I want to say, but I won't.
0: <laughs> I, and and the thing was like you all you created your own little world, and mm-hmm. I had I got really into customizing my figures. Yes. My my little Star Wars the clone troopers and stuff, and I had my own markers, and I got into uh, uh, model plastic mm-hmm. um, creation, and, and it, it was it was so intense, but it was like such a hobby and stuff. But you the world building that comes with that. I respect that Dave Filoni had his world, his little vision. Yes. And he bent the biggest, like, Disney, like, one of the largest entertainment centers to make his vision come to a reality in in, in the modern, um, like, market for for, the the entertainment uh, industry. And I respect that, because he's, he's a visionary. He's
1: gotten to take his days of playing make-believe with Legos and... Make Which I know, because
0: you know I, he's,
1: he grew up on the original action figures yeah. and the original movies. Like, this is his world, too. We weren't a Lego family, but I collected as many of, like, just the action figures as humanly possible. I still have a uh, box chest at my parents' house of all my action figures from the prequel trilogy that... And I took it very seriously because, you know, I had my own uh, crossover episodes that I would make. I did some stop motion videos with our old camcorder. (laughs) I remember for some reason I got an action figure of uh, Tan Wee from episode two. I apparently saw that at Walmart. I was like, Mom, I have to have the Tan Wee action figure. What (laughs) does Tan Wee do? I remember being so frustrated. Like I was trying to make a stop motion movie. I was like, Ton Wee doesn't doing anything. And so I remember I did a few chase sequences where it was like a group of people running, which took hours to record, and that I intentionally had it so that Tom Wee was trailing
0: behind. So you didn't have to move anything. It was Slow. literally just the head in the crowd. Yeah. Wow.
1: So okay, look at this. My brother just said that they just recorded a podcast about his Frisbee tournament. Whoa. What are the odds that they are recording odds. podcasts at the same That's time? That's incredible. But anyway uh yeah, for you to be able to take those days of whether it was Legos, action figures, Play Doh, whatever, take those days of playing make-believe, and, and was then able you get to, to see expand it come to fruition. Into,
0: and, and not just like, hey guys, this is this is my imagination, but this is um, fleshed out characters and stories and and in a universe that we already know and so many people know and treasure and cherish. And that's, that's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. Like, you're changing their, their world views. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why kind of the uh, the prequels, not the prequels, the, uh, what do you call, six, uh, seven, eight, nine Sequels. Covers, the sequels. sequel trilogy. Um, the later sequel sequels. Um, I feel like that's why they were so divisive to so many fans. Right. Is because they touched on characters in a way that we already know, and, and they changed characters arbitrarily. Um, that's kind of one of the big things I like about Ahsoka thus far is all of the characters, they stay grounded. They have something that they need to honor.
1: and yeah, They, they, do,
0: they don't feel like they have to change their characters just for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I think actually we kind of want to get into episode two Let's here. Let's get into episode two. Um, I want to give you the, the episode um, sum up here. It is from IMDB part two, Toil and Trouble. Ahsoka and General Hera Syndulla travel to New Republic shipyards and make an unexpected discovery. Intriguing. All right, so so let's take it from right the
1: from the top. top. So uh, Sabine got, <laughs> got uh, what's what's a mild way of putting it? Sabine Sabine got defeated, I guess. She you lost. Say. She, yes, oh, she lost. Yeah. Uh, so she wakes up in the Hopsicle, and they are tending to her, and. You can tell that Ahsoka is, like, you know, slightly concerned about Sabine. Like, hey, are you okay? But she's also, like, low-key peeved about just like,
0: wow, way to go. Yeah. Well, I-, I am interested <laughs> in seeing in-, in this one opening sequence, they had Sabine. Um, she woke up, uh, or she was experiencing some, some, like, flashbacks. You could hear the voices mm-hmm. from the-, the previous encounter, the fight. A um, whole lot of self-doubt and stuff in there. But then uh, Ahsoka sees that she's obviously distressed in her dream, wakes her up. Uh, now, is this her just overthinking things in a sleep-like state? Or is, are, we, are we seeing um, hints at her being Force-sensitive?
1: Right. Oh, that's true. That's a possibility. And I remember, I think Hera is... Is Hera in that scene or is it just Ahsoka? I think it's just Ahsoka. It's just Ahsoka. Okay, Hera comes later. Um, so, again, it's a mad dash to find Thrawn. And
0: because at, th- at this point, um, Ahsoka says, hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And Sabine admits that she solved the, the puzzle. Right. Uh, she, she unlocked the, the map. Yep. Um, but she not only lost the map, um, but they destroyed all record of it. Um, and she got stabbed in the process. Yeah. So,
1: you know, Sabine was a little overly eager at that point. Uh, but so Ahsoka decides to take matters into her own hands. She goes back to Sabine's place. Uh, I think
0: she also sees the hologram recording of Ezra, and and I do love there was there was a small scene where Ahsoka walks up to uh the radio tower where Sabine lives now, and there's a small gesture with her hands, and you hear the audio from the fight scene. Um, right. This is a reminiscent of the Force move. Um, I can't think of the name. Um, force flashback. <laughs> I know what you're talking uh, about. It's like, I forget what it's called specifically, but it it, it was a big highlight um, as a side quest in like Jedi Fallen Order Mm -hmm. where you pick up on uh, either objects or storyline characters, people, um, from a scenario, from a a certain location. Um, And I like, it was such a small thing, but you could kind of tell Ahsoka was able to come up to speed on the entire fight scene, um, and then she goes up to Sabine's apartment and finds... Um, the little hologram, mm-hmm. with Ezra. And at this point, she's attacked by the HK unit that had survived Sabine's initial attack.
1: Yeah, which had apparently come from the planet Corellia. Uh, and I think Sabine is the one who tells her who tells her? Oh, that, ca-
0: that came a little bit later. Like so at this later? Point, okay. so uh, there, there's this kind of a passive scene oh. where Ahsoka just decapitates the droid very quickly, returns the head of said victim back to Sabine. And Sabine, in a um i don't know if you want to call it a do a six machina she just says oh hey i can hack the droid oh that's says, right oh it's encrypted let yeah. me there, there was a fun little fun fact here that uh the actual device she used um was a fire away space invaders um it was the handheld game uh-huh. from uh, uh i think the 80s interesting um so a nice little like just like little little futuristic things yep. to kind of throw in there make yeah. it look and look nice.
1: Again, it was a sequence that went on a little, <laughs> a little long, too long, but but of course she discovers just in the nick of time. You oh, got to find it out
0: it. or everything's gonna blow up. Yeah. Um, so she found out that uh, the droid originally came from the Carillion shipyards. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if you're familiar with um, Corilia, but it is one of of, of the galaxy's foremost. Um, designers and construction sites for spaceships. Yes. Uh, you may know the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. It was a Carillion built mm-hmm. YT unit. Um, anyway, so now Sabine finds this out, and where do they have to go? They have to go right to
1: that shipyard. And I think this is where Hera comes in, uh, because she's in on this meeting uh, via hologram. And I think it was earlier, Ahsoka, again, was given Sabine some attitude. She has that classic, no, you've done enough line. So again, you can sense that there is some tension, A little bit of tench. Um, And it's here that Hera has a moment with uh, Sabine where she's like, hey, she's really just, you know, she does want your help. Go out. You know, do I, the no, I,
0: did, I did like this scene because at this point, um, Hera's like, all right, Ahsoka, I'll meet you at the shipyards. Ahsoka leaves the room. Hera turns to Sabine and says, hey, you did good. Yeah. She and takes Sabine's, on the motherly role. Sabine's like, well, you tell Ahsoka that. Yeah. Like, tell her that I did a good job. And the thing is, Hera turns to her and says, she's not the one that needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, that was just such a touching moment between, like, because you know Ahsoka. She was trained by Anakin. She's kind of a rebel teacher to begin with. She, You know, teaching is not her forte. And Sabine obviously has a rebellious streak. But just to see Hera kind of bridging the gap between the two strong personalities, the um I think they, they kinda of talk, that they're difficult.
1: Right. They're both difficult. Stubborn. Yeah, I think they mentioned that. Yeah. Again, I was pleasantly surprised by Hera. Like I was in the first episode, I was like, I'm And not she's actually just a meaningless mediator, but like a No, and like she has like meaningful. she's emulating the uh kind of big sister role almost. Uh yeah, I feel like again, they're doing a good job of uh, fleshing flushing out a little now, bit.
0: Now, at this part, I do kind of like the way they're doing... They're not just telling one story. They're able to tell multiple aspects. Yep. So we kind of... We jump over to uh, the planet Setos. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we have uh, Bay... Not Bayorn. What's the guy's name? Uh, Balin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Um, so we have Baylin over here. And he they discover... Um, I believe it's called a... Uh, a reflex point? Um, where, at which point they call Elsbeth, that they, they found the, the pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a scene where Elsbeth, El, Elsbeth? Morgan El- is El- her El- first Morgan. name. Morgan, I'll okay. Just go so Morgan. where Morgan shows up and she takes the star map, places it on the pedestal. Oh, because they
1: stole it from,
0: they st- or did they? Yeah, originally, that happened in episode one. Yeah. Um, the, the, what's Shin, what's her name? Shin Hatai, yep. From, uh, Sabine. Yep. So then Morgan takes the star map, puts it on this kind of a, I don't even know if you want to call it, kind of a rock garden. It has a very strong um, connection to the forest, you mean? No, it looks like, uh, what do you call that place in England with the rocks?
1: Oh, oh my god, the cliffs? No. uh, Um, Anyway, she puts it in the CD player and it's able to...
0: (laughs) Man, she puts
1: it in her uh, projector is, that she purchased off Amazon for is twenty bucks. This gonna bug me.
0: Um, okay, so then Morgan takes the star map, places it in it, places it in the uh, the reflex point, and she begins a little bit of the force magic that we that we know only as Magicka, yeah. her being one of the night sisters. Yeah, um, and we see this really cool um, like universe map it's not even a galaxy map we've seen that in in a couple of other movies and stuff like the the star wars universe that we know but this kind of puts it in the center and then shows the universe and and you see like several other dozen galaxies and it just kind of reinforces the point that uh, the star wars universe that we know is extremely small Mm-hmm. Um, but then there has the little beam of light and and Morgan says that's where Thrawn is yeah. we're going to go get him
1: and she kind of gives a brief summary of the Rebels series finale for those who hadn't seen Rebels which was kind of a nice touch how Thrawn disappeared along with Ezra Bridger so they're basically like that is our mission. And was that verbal plot summary? Yes, but it kind of worked out. It was kind of necessary exposition. Um Balin's apprentice, uh, what is her name? Shin Hati. She's kind of starts to question, like, what are we doing all this for? So that could be planting the seed
0: for a uh, different plot line in the future. But I do have to admit, I love uh Baylor ba- Baylor. Balin Balin <laughs> they have to work clearly that. you love him. I love dude the the the, the, the profile design on these guys yeah. the, the the leather work the, the the little gauntlets the shin guards yeah. um just as a visual purely visual these guys reek of evil and I am here they're for not them.
1: inquisitors like you're not really 100 percent sure what's going on it's also worth mentioning that um this episode, or at least the one before this, was dedicated to uh, the actor who portrayed Balin, Ray Stevenson. Uh, he had passed away not too long before this whole series premiered, so... Ray Stevenson? Ray Stevenson was the actor who portrayed Balin. He passed away. Did
0: you know oh, this? Yeah, no, I didn't realize. He yeah, did.
1: that's what they... um They executed- did. The-
0: oh my yeah. right. okay yeah so literally I,
1: like so end ray of may
0: stevenson died may 21st 2023 mm-hmm. and so that's why
1: at the oh, end of episode one it says you know to our dear friend ray oh yeah
0: okay i i just thought they they misspelled ray r-e-y no <laughs> that's oh really goodness. awkward too soon my too soon dear mr stevenson yeah. i am so sorry so anyway and is, um well, we're probably
1: not gonna see him in any other media just because
0: he, i feel like he had so much Not just as an actor, but his character. Um, There was so much left. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. So, Ahsoka and
1: Hera, they set out for the inspection on Corellia. And it was actually way more intense than I thought it was going to be. They had heard whispers that there were still uh, Imperial workers That, you know, they had to convert over Mm -hmm. or something, something Mm -hmm. along those lines.
0: And I do love the the little conversation they had here with, uh, I forget the guy's name, um, Min Weaver. Min Weaver, apparently. uh, Played by Jacob Jackson. Jacobson? Peter Peter
1: Jacobson. Jacobson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jacob Peterson. Um, (laughs) I do love his little speech in there. Like, you know, do you have any, uh, you know, Empire um loyal workers here and he's like yeah of course we do we have a lot of people but we're, like we're we're only loyal to the people that pay us to do our job and stuff mm-hmm. so it was just such a great little quip about capitalism as a whole i loved it it's kind of like that. it kind of set like the tone like um hey lady we're here to do a job we're just taking apart you know superstar destroyers and stuff just let us do our job mm-hmm. and, and leave us alone
1: and it, they did a good job of uh Letting you kind of wonder, wait, where does he actually stand? It's hard to tell. Um, and long story short, they end up unearthing that there definitely were Empire loyalists still uh, at the bottom of this because get ahead
0: of the story. I'm not trying to get ahead. Uh,
1: because I think it happens pretty soon. Actually, it's actually right up that well, they're, they're sending a hyper Skip
0: over. That and I, I do feel like this bit was forced. I understand right. that it, it, it probably. Um, it probably would have happened naturally in the course of time, but just for filming and stuff, they had to force it. Is in the ride to the kind of control center area, um, Ahsoka and and Hera has a, have a nice little conversation. That you know, Hera's like, "Hey, give Sabine a chance," mm. and Ahsoka's like, "No, she's a rebel. She can't handle it. She you know, she got stabbed. Like she can't cut the mustard." Um, and Hera's basically like, "You know, so are you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know and it was just such a nice little moment of you know you can see Ahsoka kind of warming up again to the idea of working with Sabine yeah uh,
1: so they end up unearthing uh, this plot I guess you could say because they witnessed them Oh uh, well, no I, I am getting it
0: well, I do like that. The, there's one bit where they're kind of talking and interviewing uh, the the records mm-hmm. of uh, imports, exports, and stuff, and Hera um, just instinctively recognizes that they are removing the hyperdrive core from a superstar destroyer. Uh, superstar destroyer. They're doing a, a recovery, um, but she sees that it's it's flying out. They're shipping it out, and she asks, "Where is it going? Where's that going?" At which point, um, they say, "Hey, it's headed to."
1: Well, I think they tell her that that's classified. That's, oh, like, that's yeah. classified. And she's like, uh, I'm literally a general, and I literally could fire any of you.
0: Which, <laughs> you know, can, can I just go off on another pet peeve of mine? I, I love the fact that the, the trope where they have um, a general or somebody in a high-ranking officer going around doing kind of not menial, but just investigative work and throwing their weight around. Mm. Oh, well, sir, that's classified level three. And they're like, well, I'm an admiral, so you tell me everything right now. And you're just kind of like, okay, well that's nice to have, but it's 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 a, it's a device plot which yeah. we love, but it moves it moves it along. So. so so then we go back
1: to Sabine in the hospital, and she has, uh, an exchange
0: with how do you say his name? Huyang. Huyang, who? Okay. Side note is voiced by David Tennant. Oh. Uh... He was also voiced in the Clone Wars originally. Um, I think we talked about that in our last episode, but I just love that it's David Tennant. Because he's uh... voiced. Who else? Well, number one, he, uh, he's he's an actor. Yes. Uh, most famously for the Who, uh, Doctor Who. Oh. okay. Um, I don't watch the. I don't watch. You said Doctor Who is <laughs> like a band. <laughs> I don't watch also, Doctor Who, and I now I especially David. don't feel bad about it. Okay. But, it's a great series. That David crazy. Tennant is number two, second favorite Doctor. The closely whole followed, other, whole closely other followed by Matt Smith, but that's we'll save that whole for another
1: podcast. other topic. Okay. So she has this exchange with, with Yang, Hu Yang, who basically tells her, you know what? You kind of do suck.
0: Which I love this exchange because it's just so honest. Like Hu yeah. Yang obviously has zero filters, and he does not beat around the bush with her. And and Sabine's like, well, I'm not doing really good. And who's like... Hu Yang is like, yeah, you're right. Step up your game. Come and
1: on. it kind of balances out uh, the dynamic with Hera because Hera's like, oh no, you are needed. You are and need. and I, I feel like in any other TV show, Hu Yang's character would have been like, hey, Sabine, remember when you first joined the rebellion?
0: You were so That smart. kind of and encouraging. Like,
1: yeah, it would kind of be like the typical, like, hey, you're you're worth something. Here he's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, it probably would be better if you just stay behind.
0: And it's almost like it. uh, Hera is the angel on Sabine's shoulder and yep. he Yank's the devil on her shoulder. Like, it's that kind of nice it's little. It's kind of a nice. Uh, dynamic.
1: <laughs> it, it made me realize hey, negative reinforcement does work sometimes, <laughs> after all. So yeah, good. <laughs> so we go back to Corellia, and this is when things start to kind of take a turn because Hera notices that they are. Like you said earlier, assembling that hyperdrive core, she tries to use her authority to get to the bottom of it, and that's when they start to show their true colors. And one of the workers pulls the classic for the empire, and uh, starts blasting. Yeah, just aimlessly, and
0: Ahsoka aimlessly. makes short work of them. And yep. there is this fantastic scene. and actually, I kind of got a flashbacks to uh, Tron Legacy with uh, <laughs> with the command center jump. Where she busts out the glass and then jumps, probably two or three hundred feet down, to to physically run after and chase down this uh, this transfer ship, this um, transport ship that's carrying the uh, superstar destroyers' uh, hyperdrive core.
1: Yeah, and she gets into uh, a duel with
0: an inquisitor, an inquisitor named Merrick. Which, I'm not gonna lie, I love. I love his armor. I love his suit, yeah. his costume. It's extremely medieval, which I feel like the Inquisitors kind of have this super cool, like, medieval sci-fi vibe. I don't know mm. if you've ever heard any death metal bands, but that, <laughs> it, it, that, that's kind of the, the costume vibe that he's going for.
1: And uh, I was underwhelmed by his lightsaber. For some reason, it just wasn't landing rightly with me. It felt more like... Party City prop but I don't know maybe I was just not in the right mind frame when I watched it I did read I did read a theory that some people think that this guy could be Ezra
0: that would explain the full face mask
1: yeah yeah cause that's I don't know
0: that's a, I mean, cause Ezra
1: Ezra notoriously had uh kind of just angsty boy attitude he related with Maul, because, and uh, he related a lot with Maul and Saw Gerrera because he appreciated more of the whatever it takes to get the job done attitude, and it wouldn't entirely surprise me to
0: see that he's kind of indulged in that mindset a little bit more, but we'll see, we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where that goes. Um, I'm a little hesitant to start throwing, you know, cashing in chips on on the Ezra theory, um, Put your money where your mouth is. Apparently, his, so his name is Inquisitor Merrick. Um, and he shows up not only him, but an, also an HK droid, which Ahsoka makes short work of. Um, I do like this this fight scene. I don't think it ranks very high on the list of like best you know, Star Wars lightsaber fights. It's pretty low on the totem.
1: I feel like Ahsoka moves very slowly in this. I don't know. That's the only thing
0: I could think of. You're so used to seeing... In Very Wars fast, fast-paced fighting, yeah. um, I think, which is kind of nice to see a more realistic pace. She's also things. gotten older since then, too. Um, but they have a nice little uh, little fight, and then uh, earlier, um, Balin dispatched Shin to support Merrick at the Karelian shipyards. So halfway through the fight, she shows up and starts blasting around Ahsoka with dual cannons. Mm. Um, at which point, Merrick makes a um, a quick escape up the uh, the entry ramp, and they fly away, Leave leaving them. Ahsoka on the uh, on the landing pad.
1: But in the meantime, Hera uh, has been in pursuit of them. This is where we get to see her interact with Chopper. Again, it's a very nice dynamic, and they succeed in placing a tracking device on that. So it's an example of one of those small victories,
0: at least. I do just want to touch in here that there is one line that Chopper has in this episode that... I mean, obviously, you can't understand him, but you read the subtitles and stuff, and he says, I have a bad feeling about this. Apparently, that's what he says. Which is just a classic, and I I think it's only, you can only see it in the subtitles. I don't think they have it anywhere else. Um,
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was like uh, a fact provided from elsewhere, but I remember uh, hearing his dialogue with Hera when she's like, Did you. No, I did not go through your stuff. If you rewind it, it really does sound like he's asking, Did you go through my stuff? But anyway, we go back. What? Was that not a good chopper voice? <laughs> That's a good chopper. I've been working on that for
0: years. Chopper. Um, but we go back to Sabine, eventually. Eventually, we get back to Sabine. Um, and it cuts it cuts back to the fall so that you have Sabine um, kind of just kind of, like, packing her stuff, rummaging through her cupboard and stuff, um, and then you see her pull out the armor. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen any of the Rebels series, you know that this is her car, Mandalorian mm-hmm. armor, which I think, ever since we, we knew uh, Sabine was going to be in the series, we all look forward to seeing her back back in the plate armor. Yeah. Um, there's this very ceremonial session where she, she kind of sets the armor out, she puts the helmet down. Um, it's very reminiscent of Japanese, um, like samurai preparing themselves for battle, plate you know, laying out all the armor and everything. And in a in, in a moment of um, I don't even know what the right word like reflection, she takes a knife and cuts off her hair. I'm sorry. All I thought of this
1: whole sequence was Mulan, where she's going through the it's a <laughs> process of cutting Chinese, her hair. Chinese, yeah. Um, so then, a really nice um, nod to Rebels. This is...
0: Um, I mean, this wasn't just... A, this was a shot for shot. This literally was, shot for shot.
1: It echoes the series finale, uh, final moments of Rebels, basically to a T, where Sabine goes up to the mural that I believe she painted of the old uh, ghost ship crew.
0: Which I'm very glad that they kept the same art style that was from the TV show. Like, yes. It's the exact same mm-hmm. mural that is painted there on the wall.
1: And uh, she realizes, now she knows what she's got to do. She turns, she sees Ahsoka waiting. And they kind of reach a truce and agree that, hey, yeah, there are bigger things at play here. They need to go find Thrawn, in turn, find Ezra. I'm hoping that we still get to hear more about what went down between sabine and ahsoka uh the years leading up to this uh but we'll we'll have to see what happens
0: all right so uh thoughts on the episode as a whole
1: as a whole uh it was <sighs> hmm. I, I i still uh, feel good about it do you oh, uh, know okay.
0: this is so i i didn't i don't know if we really want to talk about this too too much um, but the closer for the episode was uh, kind of a, a large pan over um, not Cetos. It was I forget where the, the ship was actually going, but it, it's kind of a final cut. Um, it is above Cetos. Okay. Okay. Um, inside of the large, it's it's like a hyperdrive ring, but it's like mega super sized. Yep. And uh, it's got three, obviously, three Hyperdrive cores. And at the top, it's got this really cool... Everything's kind of like Art Deco gold. Um, it, it felt a lot kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, the... Um, I forget the one race, but everything's yep. gold. And, and it, it it had a nice art style to it. But then you have um, Morgan there. And she says, all right, this is how we're going to get to go find Thrawn. This is called the Eye of Scion, mm. which is the name of the ship. Um and Skull, um, what's his name? balan has Balaam. this. He makes some very interesting uh, remarks about Ahsoka. He's like, her her presence in the Force is clouded, but her determination is strong. Right, and I think that's a really kind of good sum up for the Gray Jedi, uh, especially in this series. And I'm kind of excited to see how that. Um, Plays out how that plays out throughout the rest of the yeah. series yeah so we'll see where we pick up on
1: the next episode but overall thoughts with this one I thought the action was compelling uh, the tension was there uh, I am eager to see how ahsoka and Sabine play off each other now that they're actually working together and I'm sure we'll be seeing the other uh, past characters
0: of rebels come in where is Zeb? I thought we were gonna see I, Zeb. <laughs> you know, and uh I'm kinda glad the pacing they have right now, they're just kind of setting, right. they're, they're setting the palette for everybody. They're they're, they're you know, getting ready. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that we haven't seen Zeb yet, but on the other hand, I'm I'm glad that they're not forcing things too soon. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they kinda suffered with that with uh Mandalorian and even Book of Boba, um too too often too soon. Um I'm
1: curious to see what Ezra has been up to. Are we I'll be annoyed if we don't see Ezra until like the final episode or something. Uh, because he was he was the main character of Rebels and well, I, think, okay. I hope they do him justice.
0: This show is called Ahsoka.
1: I know, I mean, to be I fair. Know, I know.
0: Now I, I think you're you're touching on an interesting point that um I kinda wanna talk about a little bit, is that I find the pacing in the series in, in, in the series so far a little bit jarring at times. Um, I know we probably should have picked this up uh, earlier, but in episode one, there's a scene with the speeder bike that just drags on for so long. With Sabine. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's dramatic. It's setting the tone. She's still a rebel. She's still cool, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. She's listening to like like Joan like five Jett. minutes long. Oh, yeah. She was listening to Joan. <laughs> Definitely. There's another scene where she's she's solving the puzzle, and obviously, you, you have to set a little bit of premise, like oh she's thinking, oh she's solving. There's a little bit of oh three faces, but the scene is so painfully long. And I feel like in, the, in in this episode too, there were a couple of moments that it just um, it just went on for too long. There were a couple of shots in on the Carillion shipyards that were okay. You're setting the 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 scene. You're okay. You're in the shipyards. But they just went on for so, too extensive.
1: I feel like with uh, some of these Disney Plus shows, that's more of a production standpoint because they have time to film because they're not showing ads. And I know fans get very upset if any of these episodes are less than half an hour long. I'll see these comments say, that's (laughs) it, that's it. So are they just trying to fill time to appease fans a little bit more? I don't know. I personally, I don't care about filling time. Like cover the material that you want to cover, and let that be the end of it. But
0: well, and I, I think that's an interesting kind of um, creative standpoint. Is it's do you create art for the sake of art, or do you create art for the sake of the consumer? And and let's be honest, Disney is not here for art. No. Disney is here for consumerism, <laughs> your money and, and money, and it is capitalism at its finest, which is cool. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. However, I'm glad, um, Filoni and. Um, What's the other executive producer? Kathleen Kennedy? Oh no, 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 no. Oh, no I was no, like, no, oh, what? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> sorry, Kathleen. Um No, he was uh he was the main director in Mando. The main director I'm in blanking Mando. Blanking hard. I am so sorry. Wasn't that Faloni? No, no, no. <laughs> Not George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas. No, he was um
1: John Favreau, John, yes.
0: John freaking Favreau. This yes. man, the executive producer. John Favreau. Um he has such an amazing ability to be able to storytell um and not just envision. I saw some behind the scenes work with him directing a couple episodes of Mandalorian and it was it was like watching an artisan craftsman just make something incredible. Because it wasn't just the character, it wasn't just It was telling the camera how to capture the scene and and, and how to tell the story that was engaging and and made the viewer feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. and engaged and immersed. Um, Right. It was was art at its finest. Um, I I, Personally, I haven't noticed anything too
1: jarring about the pacing. Um, I feel like a lot of this was just needless exposition just to get the ball rolling about, all right, now we can actually start the show. Like, Ahsoka and Sabine are on their mission. Like, this, maybe we'll look back on this, these two episodes, and realize, oh, those were basically just a really long prologue to what the rest of the series was going to be. Because keep in mind, we've also been promised some Anakin flashbacks or uh, a whole sequence in the uh, world between worlds. So maybe this was all just <laughs> a really dragged out, prologue to what the actual series is going to well, turn possibly, into. possibly,
0: but I still, I think back to Mandalorian episode 1. Mm. That was, it, it was such an exposition episode, mm. and yet I could watch that a hundred times and still love it. This is true. This is true. So, I look forward to watching these episodes again. Yep. Um, and and looking forward to, actually, I re-watched episode uh, 2 recently, and there's a there's a little sequence right where Baland is on Sea and he looks up, and you see the space squid oh you see there's a there's a slight little purple movement in wait i sky. think i did see that yeah and it's just such a little um i forget what easter they're called egg. um but and it's such a small easter egg but we keep hinting at it in rebels yep. and they played such a large port uh part in um the closing episode of Re- rebels yeah um but to see them hinted at again, I'm excited to see them play another role him, yep. continuing in, a, in the rest of Ahsoka. I'm also wondering if, um, who was Ahsoka's
1: friend in the Jedi Order that ended up being uh, behind the bombing in Clone Wars? Oh, that was, um... Because I've heard rumor that we may see her uh, pop up. I know her name, too. But anyway, anyway. No, that was a we'll great see. that was a great side plot. Yeah, um, we'll see. So anyway, those were our thoughts. Thank anyway, you yeah, for two. tuning in, and uh, we'll see. I if hope
0: you enjoyed this episode as much as I did.
1: Check back in with us and see how we feel at the end of this season. I think there's only eight episodes, and we're already two episodes in, so it's gonna we'll, go fast. It's gonna go fast, and. We will sh- certainly have our share of opinions and disagreements about it. But... Oh, you better believe I will have a lot of opinions. Well, tune in next time. And if you've had a rough week by that point, you'll be able to come commiserate with us. Come on, let's commiserate. Bye now.